Creative Zombie Studios presents the Subjective Comedy Podcast with Brad Scott. Brad Scott is a mediocre comedian from Indianapolis. This is his show. If you don't think it's funny, remember, comedy is subjective. My guest today joining us on the DIY Joker Skype line right now. DIY Joker officially launched our online store. You can check out uh, group and individual merch from Brent Terhune, Dave Landau, and myself, Brad Scott, at teespring.com slash stores slash DIY Jokers. And from now until the end of April, we are going to be donating 100% of all of the profits to the Helium Comedy Club in Indianapolis staff. They are currently right now uh, not able to work due to the whole coronavirus thing. And so we want to do our part to help out and take care of comedy community, especially clubs that love to take care of their comics. Helium is a great club in Indianapolis. So do your part. Go get some merch. And uh, my guest... You know him from uh, America's Got Talent. He finished second place in 2015. His YouTube channel has over 2 million subscribers. He amassed over 140 million views. He is one of my favorite people in life, Drew Lynch. Drew, thank you for joining us today. How are you, buddy? Good, Brad. Dude, I wanted you to, I wanted you to keep going. That was a, such a long intro. I was like, dude, <laughs> look at all these plugs. Look at look at, I did, look at Rogan. I, look at Rogan over here, man, 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 man. Um, yeah, buddy. Uh, everything is good. Uh, you're the first, you're the first, you're, you're the first person I've talked to in a few weeks. So yeah, this pandemic know. has really helped out my career because now all of my friends finally have enough time to talk to me and they just actually are like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I'm in contact. I could go for that. Yeah. And I can't, I, I, I can't leave. I can't be like, Oh no, I, was, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, there was nothing. I got nothing. Um, so, 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 so yeah, man, it's been a very crazy time. I think it's been a, I think it's been a thing that's kind of like you, unified a, a, a lot of people in a weird way. Um, it kind of puts us all in like, uh, the, the same kind of climate, which is good and, and, and bad, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. We're, just, we're, just, we're, I guess we're taking a day, a day, a day by day. <clears throat> What do you think there's going to be more of when this is all over uh, nine months from now? Do you think there will be more babies born or divorces? <laughs> uh, I think I think I think both. I think people will be like, we had a child. Damn, let's get divorced. It's always the kid's fault. It's always the, the kid's fault. That's what my parents said. Um <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I, it, I, I had friends cause I live with my, cause I, I, I live with my girlfriend and I had friends who they're also in relationships and they've been texting me saying like, you know, like, 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 don't like, don't kill each other, man. Like you, you guys don't kill each other. And it's like, not like we're like, we're like, I'm, we're fine. Like, we're, like <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, 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 is spending time with your <laughs> Significant other the the thing that breaks you guys like <laughs> oh shit you have to get to know them oh, my god we did we couldn't make it we figured out who who we were yeah and Melanie travels with you a lot anyways right yeah yeah she's yeah, she's you guys like, spending a lot of time anyways this is just uh, and like you we were talking uh, off off mic uh, it's it's forced a lot of people to finally become creative online. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is also, I mean, it's like I said, it's, 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 it's really kind of cool to see a lot of people now, now, now creating content because of this thing. But on the other, the other side of that same coin is like, like you bitches haven't been creating up to this point anyway. So like what, like you needed, you needed a pandemic to happen. You to get motivated. Like, dude, yeah, yeah. You can't be like, yeah. The last few months of the end of the world, I really grinded. <laughs> like, in any sense, so. Uh, so you had, you were on a season with Howard Stern, uh, and then uh, you were on the Champions Edition with Simon Cowell. I'm sure you have so many, just incredible, amazing uh, backstage uh, stories of those guys. And so, what I wanted to talk to you about today was the sitcom that ended in 2011 the office uh from nbc <laughs> dude that's the same year my my career ended it was the same year big year for <laughs> well we so we were we've known each other for about three and a half years now uh we started yeah. off uh we met working together at a local comedy club in indianapolis named after a snack food um we don't say the name of that place on this show and we survived some weeks of hell together uh, through the yeah. years doing that. And it's sad because it took, we've known each other for three and a half years. And it wasn't until last year that we both discovered that we had this affinity and love for the office. And yeah. we, you, I got to have some of the best conversations with you about this show because there it's, it's a rare thing. It's like almost meeting another comic. It's like a kinship, yeah. like a brotherhood thing, like a heart. Yeah. Whenever you see somebody with a Dunder Mifflin bumper sticker, you give them a thumbs up on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. Ab- how did absolutely. you become a, how did you get introduced to the show? How did you start watching and when did you start watching? Well, I watched it. I think, you know what? I started watching it, um, back into, t- uh, t- 2010. So I was literally, I was, tw- I was 12. 20, no, 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 no. I was, uh, man, in 2010, I was 18. And throughout high school, I had had uh, a friend who every time I went over to, 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 to his house, he always had the office on. And it was one of these things that I completely dismissed and almost actively hated that it was on because it was just in the background or it, or I would, or I would, or I would walk in and that, you know, him and his whole family would be watching it. And that was my very first introduction to the show. And because of how dry and kind of raw it was, if that's your first introduction to it and just as it being background noise, your I think your instinct is to like repel it. Like you don't want you, you it's like, it's not funny. It's, it's weird. And, and, and uh, it's not really a thing that I, I, I like I've noticed other people who that was their that was also their initial reaction when they discovered me being so invested in it years later. So it wasn't until years after that in high school that I, I, I started to watch it from the beginning on, on, on Netflix. So when it was streaming on Netflix, I think in 2000 and. Uh, in, in, in 2010, I think they only had maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five seasons on the, on, on there at that time. So until you had to catch up and watch it in, in, in real time. But regardless, um, this was before I had like moved to, 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 to L.A. or anything. And to watch it from the beginning, I really think that that's kind of how the, the, the magic of that show really works. I mean, the, 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 the show is almost not episodic. It's almost, um, it's almost serial in that, like, 
like it, 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 it is episodic in that each of the situations are different from each of the episodes. So it is a workplace sitcom, but um, it is serial in in watching the chemistry of the relationships evolve. And so, uh, you know, that plays a huge part in it. Like uh, uh, it, it, there's actually a lot of thought and depth into the characters and it's more than just um, situational and it's more than just uh, characters who are being silly. You and I talked about this. There's a lot of heart in this show and I really, really love, lo- uh, love that. Well, and it's uh, Netflix has given it a resurgence. I mean, uh, my son, who's 12, loves this show now and uh, has discovered it. And I heard Michael Schur, who's the, one of the creators of the show, had said that that was something that they did intentionally was they wanted to make it evergreen. They didn't use a lot of uh, topical references. They didn't use a lot of in-the-moment kind of jokes because they wanted somebody to be able to go back 10, 15 years later and watch it and be able to still enjoy the same way. Yeah. And that's what's really amazing is like there's there's people who are like, you know, a little older like you and I who like we're kind of I wouldn't even say like there's people who watched it before me, like when it was when it was on air, like who watched it get kind of canceled or delayed and then come back for its second season resurgence. So it is really resurfaced. And and the show that they've created is like ironclad. It's just it is its quality from the beginning and 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 I wouldn't say till the end, um, but till <laughs> till a certain a certain part. And uh, uh, they just did it so, so 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 smartly. They never they never deviated or they and they never they never um, vacillated between something that they they, they never really felt unsure of themselves. They always felt like underdogs who were going into or really creating a whole genre um uh that you know that in cred and trying to create a show that also wasn't the british office but still make it um unique well i started from season two or sorry season one episode two that was the first episode i ever saw and i saw it live diversity Uh, day right diversity day and Mm -hmm. i started watching and i the first thing that caught my eye that got me to sit and watch that episode was I knew Steve Carell from The Daily Show. And yeah. I loved him wow. on The Daily Show. I mean, even Stevens was my favorite segment on The Daily Show was him and Stephen Colbert, which now you go back and look and it's just like, Jesus Christ, the amount of yeah. talent that Stewart had around him. And yeah. the, the moment that got me hooked on that show to where I was like, oh no, I'm watching every episode of this when it premieres was the Chris Rock speech. Oh, so yeah. He goes through the entire Chris Rock bit and it wasn't censored. And that <laughs> is what just immediately, it was just a keel over, dying laughing. I had to, you know, rewind and watch that part over and over again. Um, and from that moment on, I was, it was a weird time in television because now we look back and it seems so archaic. But I can remember, yeah. like, I would get back from shows. Uh, when I would be like, you know, at home at uh, a local comedy club in Indianapolis named after a snack food, I couldn't wait to get home and get to my DVR. And I would always watch The Office, the office first and then 30 Rock and then Community. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a time period in television where it was appointment television. You wanted to watch it that day and night, whereas now yeah. we just kind of consume everything at our own uh, yeah. devices. Um, so you started uh, a little bit later to the game. Um, yeah. Did you? So you said they had the first four or five seasons. Was that where they were at in the show? Like, at, at, was they at season five or six, or did you have to go back? I think so. 
I, I think so. I think they were, I think for what you were allowed to stream up on, on Netflix was up through like season three or maybe even season four. Cause I think the show started in 2005. So I think that's right around when it was happening. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then after the fact, you know, this was before they offered streaming services every, everywhere. So when I officially moved to LA, um, uh, it, it was like, just how do I get my hands on watching that show? Like in, in, in real time. And, uh, I'm going to start here with, I want you to give me, if you can either go in order or you don't have to, but give me your top five episodes. Oh, this is amazing. I'm, I, I, I've, 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 prepared, I've trained my whole life for this dude. Um, so, uh, <laughs> So, you know, one of my favorite, uh, so the top five episodes that I have, I'll go from five to one. I think, okay. I don't, I think, I think they're almost all tied for number one, to, 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 to be honest with you. Um, my cheat answer that, that, that I would use, which I don't know that counts, is The Banker, because that episode is just going back over the years uh, 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 of the episode. So it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of like the show, basically, right? You, you, yeah, that's yeah. It's just exactly that's like you know my one wish asking for a, a thousand wishes kind of thing. That one's obviously like a cheat answer. But the other four, um, I love the client in 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 season two. Uh, uh, just you just 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 the way that that episode opens is so great because. Uh, uh, they talk about the stakes of it being like, oh, well, this could save our branch if they end up getting uh, the, the the account for the Lackawanna 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 County, and um, him talking about how he immediately at the top of the episode changed the reservations from the Radisson to the Chili's uh, because it's <laughs> it's where business happens, or that's when it will <laughs> business happens. Uh, uh, so that episode is just so good. Also because like stuff moves and in, in Jan's and Michael's relationship, like that's the first, that's the first, I think that's the first thing where that's the first redeeming characteristic of Michael Scott, where you watch him and you're just like, Oh, he's actually really good at, at, at yeah. sales. Yeah. And like, uh, Tim Meadows plays the, uh, the client, right? So good. He's so good too. And, and it's just being a version of he's the black Michael Scott in the episode. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like this, uh, it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It, I, I, I love the way that, 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 that whole episode, uh, just kind of transpires the, one of my, uh, I think one of my other favorites is the golden ticket. Um, just because it's just, I mean, it's, it's just epic fuck uppery it like he just fucks up so badly and to then to try and cover it up to think that that like I, that, I think that that episode could have been made into a movie. They kind of condensed it down in, into the into the show, but you know, it was just it was just great. And then um, hold on, know, real quick. when he when he goes over to Jim and he's like, uh, "Who is it? Is it a little boy in a cowboy hat uh, or a little girl who has uh, affinity for gold?" And uh, Jim's like. It's our biggest client, and then all of a sudden you just see, yeah, cross the character, yeah, and then like up in the t-shirt. Oh, dude! And then when da and then when David Wallace makes Dwight get on the on the phone with the marketing staff, and he's like, "All right, guys, here what's here's what's up. I love candy and everything." About <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Wait, what?" He is. 
Yeah, he never did. So uh, just to, him to like like falsely uh, prompt himself into this role that he is now going along with is just so great. It's just it's just I love yeah. candy and sugary treats. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I love yeah. <laughs> yeah, describing it like he's never had it because he because he never has. Oh, so so, so great. Um, yeah, that episode is just so great. Um, one of my the these last two I'm like tied between I I'm, I'm tied with all these because they're all so good I loved um a dinner party which is where Jan and Michael host um Jim and Pam Andy and and and, and Angela uh, and they have this epic fight in their in their apartment I think um, that's the best episode of this and that that to me may be one of not just the best episodes of the office but I think it's possibly one of the best episodes in television ever it's yeah. so good and um i remember right after that had premiered i mean that was one that like stayed on my dvr with the do not erase until i erase option and my girlfriend yeah. at the time was a dj at a downtown nightclub in indianapolis and so when i would get done you know being at the club and we would get you know finish with everything around the same time every fucking weekend we would go back to my apartment and watch that episode and the thousandth viewing, I laughed just as hard as I did the first time. My favorite moment from the entire show is in that episode. And I think it's the most underrated moment of The Office, which is where they're starting to get into the fight. And Jan's talking about the candles. And he says, uh, you break them, you bought them. Good, I'll be your first customer. But you're hardly my first. And Michael just reaches his hands out, a little bit of food in his mouth. That's what she said. He said said this epic argument with his girlfriend in front of all his friends, but he still can't get away from that joke. It's so perfect. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's just because it has no it has no business being used in in, in an argument. But he was just so angry that that's all that he could come up with at that time. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the way that that episode starts, I mean, is, is them, is this fake project that, that, (laughs) that that he set aside, that he, that he did for corporate and, and just because everyone had to cancel their plans late and then he's like, and then he goes to (laughs) falsely call corporate where he yells at them and then immediately he's got Jim and Pam cornered, which is just the best, (laughs) like, it's just like, uh, how about you, me, and a uh, little, little di- the dinner over at our casa? And, and he's like, you said you didn't have plants. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah, so good. You can see the G- Jim's face when he realizes this has all <laughs> been a ruse. It was like the end of Usual Suspects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, 100%. So good. And then um, one of my other favorite episodes, lastly, is uh, Casino Night. It's not necessarily the funniest episode, um, uh, but to me, it just it, it, it's where like this show became more than a sitcom. It became just so much more, and things things were gonna start uh, things were gonna start changing for the characters and for us. And it, 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 that's the, that's a pivotal moment in the whole show, because that is when I think we realize that we're, we're so much more invested in these characters than just what happens for the silliness of it or the, or the laughter of it. I just, I just, one of the biggest cliffhangers as well. I mean, that's, that's a pivotal moment in Jim and Pam's relationship. That's when it kind of all goes to another level. 
I couldn't imagine having to watch the sh- the show in real time with that cliffhanger because when I watched it, it was streaming. So I you really go from season two right to season three. I remember that, and it's a thing we don't have that as much anymore. And I can remember like. Fuck, I can't wait for the next season to start because I have yeah. to know what happens with Jim and Pam. And then yeah. honestly, when they move, when they transitioned into season three, I mean, it kind of, it, it was a strange way to go about it. But then looking back, it, it was perfectly done because mm-hmm. they don't answer the question. I mean, yeah. you start season three, Jim's gone. Yeah. And, you know, Pam yeah. and Roy are, are, uh, are together and, and we're, uh, so what, let's move into best relationships then, since we're on Jim and Pam, uh, I think they're obviously one of the top five for everyone. Uh, they are, they're the, they're the obvious, um, they're the obvious answer. And I really kind of tried to dig deep into what would be an un, more unconventional answer. One that would be said, that's like, you know, people who are, who are fans of the show, which I kind of pride myself on. I think, I think that's such an obvious choice. I also think Jim and Dwight's relationship is so, so, so that's great. Just because, yeah, that one's, that one is one that, um, that one is one that like, pe- pe- like people, uh, they, their friendship, which is a friendship, they're frenemies basically for the whole thing, even though, you know, there's like this underlying love for each other the whole time. I mean, their relationship is just so great. It, 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 it would be one thing if the show just had Michael and Dwight's relationship or if it just had Jim and Pam's relationship. Um, but their relationship is something that uh, I also just watched the show for. I mean, if you take out their relationship, you're saying goodbye to, I think, some of the best cold, uh, uh, cold opens of the show Oh, 100%. Uh, and a lot of the cold opens are a prank on Dwight yeah. from Jim. And yeah. what would you say is your favorite? So my favorite pranks, and I really kind of, I, I, I thought more about it. I thought more about it as well. But hang on, to go back to your last, uh, to go back to your last question, I want to also say one of my favorite relationships that uh, for me also makes the show uh, uh, is uh, Michael and Toby's relationship. Um, <laughs> it's so like, it's just, it's, 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 it's unprecedented, the hate. And I don't, it's this unspoken thing that he just hates him. And, and I love that. I love it. So, so, so much. The first, I think like the in diversity day, I think in diversity day, Toby comes in and he goes, are, we, are you going to make us sit in a circle Indian style? And Michael's like, get out now. <laughs> that was lame and, and, uh, and we say offensive and lame. So double offensive. Yeah. Um, and then there's another part where to like in casino night, actually, he goes, uh, he goes, he, he, he goes, yeah. And writes, right. Toby, we're going to have, we're going to have girl scouts actually, give us or, or, or boy scouts actually get, we're going to actually give the check to a group of boy scouts. And he's like, actually, I didn't think it was appropriate to invite children, you know, because it's a school night. It's in our dangerous warehouse. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there's gambling and alcohol. Do you want me to keep going or anything? And then Michael's, and then just almost like it doesn't even like, it's almost like the next thing he says, isn't even part of the show. He's just like, why, why are you the way that you are? Honestly, <laughs> Every time I try to do something fun or interesting, you make it not that way. And 
Yeah, I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. (laughs) This is great. I mean, it's just great. Paul Liverstein, who played Toby, was supposed to be a one-off. And the president of NBC, uh, Kevin Riley, said, that red hair guy is terrific. We should see more of him. (laughs) Which I wonder was if if that's kind of where that that whole dynamic started is if that was just kind of a pushback against him because Steve Carell was notorious for that when they, the only yeah. break that the show had was 2007 because of the writer's strike and Carell yeah. who supported the writers called in sick the first day and gave the reason of enlarged balls. Yeah. So great. I mean, the writers and the whole cast love Steve and the show really, they really, they really kind of pay all, all, all much homage to the fact that the show survived or was able to get renewed for its second season because that was right in the time where Steve kind of hit with the 40 year old virgin and a lot of other things. So he was making a career for himself in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, on, on, for, for movies. And that was kind of what brought that brought the network to bring back the show. Um, Uh, Another underrated relationship, uh, Michael and uh, Pam. Absolutely. I mean, I know we were going to get to it, but one of my one of the best moments and I put it up there uh, is um, uh, uh, let's see, where did I put it? I put it as um, the best Michael Scott moment is when um, Michael buys Pam's uh, painting um, for her art show. It's like it's I'm getting like chills talking about it right now because he, he, uh, uh, he I can't remember what I can't remember what it was that he was doing, but he was he wasn't he was it, it, they were setting it up like he wasn't going to make it to the to 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 the art show. I can't remember. Where was he? Was he in New York? Was he at? Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, because because there was something going on where it was like they both needed that moment at that time because nobody had shown up to Pam's art exhibit except for uh, Roy, who had no interest. Yeah. And Michael had something else going on. It was, oh, what the hell was it? I, I feel like he was in, 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 in New York doing something. I, uh, I really can't remember. Uh, or maybe he, was getting his, maybe he was getting his condo. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Uh, or is that season two? Fuck, I can't. I can't. I can't remember. Wait, was but, it was he going for the job? Yeah, no, I don't know. That's not it. No, um, that's not it. No, but he either it, whatever it was. Yeah, they come together, and it was like a perfect moment that they both needed. Oh, hello, you there? Phone call. Sorry. Uh, anyway, oh, you're good. Um, uh, the point is, the point is that 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 part is. Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, wait, is it? It, no, it's um. Hang on, oh, I need to. I need to think of this B storyline. It's where he. Uh, uh, oh man, I think it's the. I think it is. It is it where he tries to go deliver the 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 bags. Uh, 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 to, <laughs> yes, that's this is the way it should have been. Exactly. That's what it is because they're there. That, that whole episode is about how everything is moving to electronics and everything's going online and that shift. follows the GPS into the lake. Yes, exactly. And he has this fight for, for why, like for the need for paper still. And the fact that 
at the end of the episode, he ends up buying that painting. Like they end up, they have this symbiotic relationship for each other at the end because she needed him to be there at, at, at her art show. And he needed her and her art to validate what it is that they do. And then, you know, he ends up replacing it on the, uh, on, on the wall back at the office. It's just like, it's just a moment where it seasons their relationship as more than just coworkers. And, and, and it sets it up later for when, you know, he leaves uh, Dunder Mifflin to go start Michael Scott pay, pay, Paper Company, and she's the only person who follows him back out. Like, it's another thing that this show just pulls 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 so much out of you as far as being like, oh, I, I like I I I didn't know that I needed Pam to to work for Michael and for their relationship to be deepened by by, by that. And especially like it's just those little moments that uh, just like with. Uh, when we're talking with the client where you see uh, that Michael is good at what he does with sales, they add these moments where it shows the heart of Michael Scott. Um, the last moment that he has in the sh uh, series before the the one-off uh, Dwight wedding is talking to Pam. That's how he exits uh, the show. Yeah. She's the last person that they speak to. They did kind of the serendipity thing where he whispers in her ear. Um, and it's just... Yeah, they, they did a really good job over the years of, of establishing these relationships and putting these little things in there, like that moment with uh, buying the painting and everything else to just kind of, it just, it pulls you in to more and more yeah. of that relationship with those characters. Yeah, it really does. Um, to get to your question about the best prank. So I think I, this is almost something that's I, I don't want to say it's frustrating, but it's one of those things where uh, uh, now th there are there are clips that get shown on Facebook from 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 the office. And mm -hmm. like there's uh, uh, one of the ones that I can uh, one of the one one of the one of the clips on the sh on, on Facebook is um, the beginning of stress relief where there's a bunch of like uh, where Dwight sets the fire and then uh, people throwing shit out the window and going crazy. And <laughs> kind of like what is happening in our world right now yeah. <laughs> as a cold open. And that gets shared. That gets, that, that has, I can't even remember on Facebook. It's got like just 20 million views or something crazy. Just that cold open. And people are, pe pe I see in the comments of that, people are like, what, this is hilarious. What is this? What, what is this show? Or, oh, I, love, I, I, I now watch this show because of this clip. And again, like a, a big part of me feels like I started with a band like that, that only now got big or whatever. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you, you piece of shit. You have no idea. Like, you, <laughs> like, oh, this part's hilarious. And it's like, no, 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 no. The whole show is actually really great. And one of those clips is um, the Bears uh, beats ba ba uh, Battlestar Galactica, Galactica with Jim and yeah. Ken White. And that again, like, it is such a great it is such a great prank, but because so many people jumped on the bandwagon of that clip and and quoting it and loving it, it makes me like it less. It makes me be like, yeah. no, nah, no, nah, real fans would be able to say stuff like this. Like, I think one of my favorite ones is um, one of my favorite ones is when Jim uh, 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 gift wraps Dwight's entire desk, which. <laughs> not his desk at all it's not it, it, it's just it's the perfect way to end it is when 
you know, he just talks about at the beginning where, uh, you know, wh- whatever Dwight's just like, this is, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take it apart in about like five minutes. And then Jim's, Jim's like, you know, I think it's going to take you a little bit more than that. And then when <laughs> he sits down, it completely falls apart. Cause it just, it, it wasn't. And I don't know that whole cold open is so short, but the entire time you're thinking that it is gift, a gift wrapped, a gift wrapped desk. So all in all, regardless of it as, as a funny cold open, as a prank, it's just so good. Um, I think uh, it's, it said, uh, been estimated that Jim spent, would have spent about seven to $10,000. <laughs> on pranks on Dwight. <laughs> and I'm guessing uh, a lot of that also had to do with Mega Desk, uh, which was a great yes. one, uh, which was like the, the reverse prank on Jim. But my favorite, I think, Jim prank on Dwight is Asian Jim. Oh, yeah. That's, so, oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> and it's so deep. And it's, uh, it's uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It's the guy from uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just when he comes in and he's like, uh, the best part is when uh, Dwight goes, who are you? He's like, Dwight, what are you talking about? It's Jim. He's like, Jim's not Asian. Oh, what? You never noticed? Good for you for not seeing color. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, that's so good. And then, you know, like. A lot of the best pranks that were pulled were ones we didn't even see. There's there's the one there's the there's the ones that are at um, when they do uh, 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 shit. Uh, uh, where they're talking uh, about like getting the grieving the errances. Yes, conflict resolution, where yeah. um, Jim is like listing all the ones that he did, and he says, you know, I, I just put a bunch of nickels in in, in, in Dwight's uh, handset and <laughs> them all out. That's just so. I mean, there. I could just go on and on about about. Uh, well, and the keys that the the prank that Pam fucks up, where Dwight has the big ring of keys, keys and Jim yeah. is adding one to it, and uh, Pam yes. fucking laughs and, and screws. Yeah, that. Uh, the so dynamic good. between their relationship, like we were talking about earlier, it it's one of those things. Like you said, it it gets shared so much on social media. And I agree with you hundred percent about the band thing. It's one of those things where like, if, if you're in on the show, uh, cause I think that meme of the fire thing, uh, has, is probably one of the most popular memes that the Battlestar Galactica one. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is, um, some of your best moments from the entire series? Um, so what I wrote here is, uh, so um, I got I wrote two that are some of my favorites, and they're actually not uh, comedy re- re- related. One of my favorite moments uh, of the whole thing, I think, is at the end of season three, where um, I think it's the job. And it's where Jim comes back and he asks Pam to dinner and uh, he said, he says, are you free for dinner? She's giving the mockument. And then he says, are you free for dinner? And then she says, yes. And then she turns back to the camera and she's tears in her eyes. Like, oh, my God, that moment gets me just every time. Je- 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 Jenna Fisher is like when it, we, we, we haven't gotten into top five of characters, but she's actually number two for me because Jenna is just she's just so good. Like uh, 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 as an actor, I just 
I don't know, man. She's just she's just so good. So that moment for me is one of those moments where it, it, it really seals this show as like a comedy with heart. And I just love it. And then one of the other moments is um, when Michael is on the booze cruise and he is uh, um, he is uh, 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 telling Jim to never give up. Uh, about Pam and it's I mean that then sets up you know gossip for the next episode but even still it's just it's 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 just such a good moment because when you listen to my you're just that's right around the time you're learning there's so much more to Michael Scott than just his you know vanity and his insecurity and 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 things like that he really does care uh about a lot of things other than himself which is you know, which is good because if they continued on the trajectory of the same Michael Scott from season one or like the British version that Ricky Gervais had, uh, he, 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 the character becomes almost unlikable to to a fault to where you don't want to spend time with him for as long as you do. Did you think they kind of uh, gambled a little bit with Michael Scott in that sense towards uh, I can't remember what season it was, but it's where. um he finds out um, which one of my top five episodes is date night uh, or sorry. Uh, when they go out, uh, this uh, date, Mike, uh, when yeah, he meets the girl, yeah, like the, the David arcade, Buster place at the arcade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's happy hour. Happy hour. That's it. Happy hour. Yeah. Um, just because the, the moment where he's uh, just being himself and, and natural doesn't realize that he's being set up and he's so charming and likable. And they're like, so what do you think of her? And he's like, yeah, she's fine. And they're like, but like so good, like, and then he figures it out the the next the next cut of him walking out to the car, opening it up, putting on the Kango hat, going, "Well, Michael Scott is on a date. This changes everything." Hi, I'm Date Mike. How do you like your eggs in the morning? In the horrible week, it's nice, so good. Nice but I felt like, yeah, I thought the the uh, the gamble they took after that though, where he finds out she's married, and he. Mm -hmm continues it was almost like you had built all of this credibility and up for him yeah. that he's deep down a good guy it's like you're yeah. kind of risking a lot of that what what were your thoughts on that when you watched it well that's the thing is like you just you you like uh, it's interesting because i didn't find michael to be hateable when he still did dated donna but i did not like donna as as, as much because yeah i mean you know it's it it I don't know. Like the the way I see it is, is don't don't have don't have sex with a married person uh, if it's not the person you're married to. Um, so <laughs> regardless of which side you are or who you are in that uh, uh, equation, I still think it's wrong. But um, it's it, it it it's one of those things too that like in order for it to be a sitcom, there's you you're you have. You have to build up that credibility and then let it down. Like the, the uh, otherwise the show ends. Otherwise you're, you're you're talking about a movie. You know what I mean? Because if if at the end of that uh, he finds out that Donna is married and then he goes back to trying to date the uh, Julie, the girl he originally met for drinks that night, uh, that's that's a that's a movie with resolution. There's there's that that that's him having had learned a lesson and and then going back and 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 for the betterment of who he is realizing that it was him all along. He should have had to be. And that's the theme, but for a sitcom, you constantly have to create conflict in order for the characters to continue and for us to continue watching. So it's just, 
the, 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 the writers were, were actually really smart. And I, I, I never really found myself. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't dislike that, that, uh, I didn't dislike that part of the show. Like that, that to me was just, uh, it was, it was, it's just classic sitcom. It was just really great. And they, I will say they did enough of the credibility. Cause yeah, it doesn't, it, it almost, you kind of like get it with Michael. Cause he's just, he's such this lonely guy. That now yeah. that he finally had found someone, he couldn't separate. He had to learn. And when he go, when him and uh, Andy go and actually yep. confront the baseball coach, and he's like, "Well, how do you know?" You know, he's trying to make him out to be a bad guy in his mind. It just shows yeah. kind of the it's it's definitely a growing experience for him. Yeah, and 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 it's one of those things that like even 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 think about like Andy's role in that in that in that in that uh, 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 episode. Like it's it's a thing that you wouldn't even think Andy is capable of doing, but because he's been in that position, uh, he, the writers did a great job at even tossing a lot of the credibility from Michael over to Andy in 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 his role in getting him to realize that it's a bad thing, and he ultimately does. So he gets some re- 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 redemption there, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of Andy, what did you think of Andy as a character? I loved Andy in season uh, three and up. And I loved it. I, from Andy's introduction till right up till after he got Nardog tattooed on his ass. And then he started to get, <laughs> he started, to, they did this weird thing where they made him like, they made him so unlikable as the manager eventually that I hated the writers for it. Like I, I, I didn't appreciate what they did because they had a format that worked, which was Michael, the, the, whoever's the manager creates chaos and is someone who is trying to create the functionality in the, of the office, but is still ultimately flawed in, in their character. And that was Andy. And when they, when, when they interviewed a bunch of people to be manager and then Andy eventually was, I thought it fit like the, like it, 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 it worked. And in my opinion, like if it's not broke, don't fix it. They had had this show where clearly Steve was done and they needed to write him off and then they needed to put someone else in that position. And then the, the, having the instability of that uh, really created a lot of instability in the final whatever two seasons. I, I, I don't even count season nine, to be honest. I can't even talk about it uh, 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 because – yeah, I mean, I Andy is so annoying at the in the very beginning, but like he just he's someone who creates conflict, and he's someone who from the 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 Stanford branch when he's working there, you never really foresee him becoming a main part of the show. And I don't even I think there's articles that say even the writers didn't, but because people loved him so much and who he who who he was, um, they had to keep him on, and so. You know, a lot of people are annoyed by Andy and a lot of people are annoyed by Michael. But to me, I, I, I see it as what the writers were doing. And, and I just think they were just acted so well. Uh, what did you think of Michael's uh, departure? It was good. Like, it was good. I, and, and, and had the show stuck with Will Ferrell, I still would have watched the, the, the show. Um, they literally killed him off two times. At, like, it... two episodes after that, I think. And it just, it really for a while felt like the show was, was, was scrambling to figure out what they were going to do. And, you know, 
with like that, 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 that it, uh, I was really, really sad to watch him go because he was for me, what made a lot of it work. Yeah. But, even, but even when Andy, you know, even when Andy was, came back or, or, or he was, or he earned that position and then Robert California was right over him. Like I was down with it. You know what I mean? I was down. I was even down with it when they were like, all right, we're, we, we kind of have to shift from paper products to, uh, 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 saber, printers. you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Printers and, and, and their products. I was fine with all, all of that, but, um, it just felt like that the, they were trying to change, shake, shake things up a little too much. And then things in season nine got to be like way more dramatic than what we, than what we kind of signed up for. And, I don't know. Like, I get it. You have to raise the stakes, but you brought in a lot of characters that I just could not give a shit about. And, uh, you know, I believe it, you're talking it, about Nelly. Yeah. We're talking about Nelly. I'm talking about plop and whatever the other dude is. Uh, we're basically supposed to be the new Jim and Dwight. Yeah. And, and I just like, I, I, I just didn't care. I just did not yeah. care about, about that at all. Like, it, it, it kind of felt like they didn't really care so much about us at the end as the audience. And that was a little bit uh, 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 frustrating. And maybe that was what they were trying to trying to do. But it, it to me, it just felt like it kind of it, it kind of fell apart. I was all for um, I was all for when Robert like Robert California. And I know this is one of your questions. One of the, the favorite characters in the under two seasons or less. Robert California for me is like. I mean, James Spader is just so freaking good. Is and I just, you know, I love, I loved it. That episode where he has the the party at his house. <laughs> yeah. It does such a good. It's a mind fuck watching it. Like you, as you watch it, you feel like you fucking taken some shit and gotten really fucking drunk. <laughs> yeah, when Ryan and Gabe are like drunkenly dancing at that at the end and like, just go oh man just you 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 stop and they're like no I'm gonna stop <laughs> I think I had to, I, I wanted to recheck and I didn't have time um was Gabe on for more than two seasons I believe so I think I okay. think Gabe I think Gabe was around in season I I, I think season Five at the end because I know Holly gets sent off in, in for the first time in 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 season five I believe well or no season five is yeah is when she comes is when she comes in and so I think ah uh, man I think right around season six is when is when Saber happens so I think Gabe was ultimately around for a little bit more than, than oh, two seasons. seasons yeah what did you think of uh, Holly um you know I thought she was perfect for Michael so. That's all I really gave a shit about, I guess. Uh, I I I didn't really like her indecisiveness. Indec I didn't like that. And there was, you know, that one of my favorite moments is when um, she, he, Michael does fancy Christmas for her. He throws everything out, and then he does he he he, you know, he gets a fancy Santa Claus. It's a it's a sophisticated take, as he says. And um, you know. Uh, she says she says she confronts him and and says, you know, like you threw this whole uh, she says like you you uh, got a you got you ruined. You, she basically right after he had ruined uh, uh, Woody for her, 
you know, there's a moment where it's it's worth going back and watching, by the way. There's a moment where Michael says, when you uh, uh, when you left, uh, you said, Michael, I can't do this. I can't be with you. Uh, but now with this new guy, uh, there's there's really no issue. Uh, you have no issue for this uh, with this, do you? And we threw this whole stupid party for you. And it's not even just it's not even what he says. It's the look that he gives her after the fact where. He's just so hurt by the hip, by the almost the hypocrisy of that. And yeah. um, I, 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 I think Holly lost a lot of credibility as a character for me when that happened, because uh, he kind of did have a point and you always do uh, empathize with the person who is being left, not the person who leaves. And um, but at, at, uh, at the end, the way he uh, uh, proposes and the, the, the this episode just before that where she which is the search where she's just based off sheer instinct going to going to find Michael I mean it, it, like it's uh, yeah they did a they, they they really did a great job at making a character that was perfect um, the, the characters that were perfect for each other and so I think that's Amy is that Amy Ryan I, is yes. that Amy Ryan yeah she's yep. yeah she's she's so good. Um, so let's see here. Let's go to, uh, I mean, that's, that's actually part of the, the next question, the best story arc. I mean, Michael, I think Michael's whole entire rise of, and, and leaving on the show is just, let's put that, let's put that out. Let's, let's exclude yeah. that because that's, that's the given. What's, what was one of your favorite story arcs from the series? You know, I was just rewatching it. Uh, and I actually like, um, well, I like I like Ryan's arc and where it gets to. That's mine is, too. Is it? It's so good. Yes. I mean, it's actually so good. Just because from from a temp to being the to, to getting Jan's job and then the after facts and the aftermath, and then it, it hit to him falling back down. See, again, we have this we have these huge buildups and then these fall from grace where he ends up going to work for a bowling alley and then after the bowling alley working for Michael Scott paper company. And that's kind what of what size shoe do you wear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that, that is a great uh, arc. I mean, he comes, he comes into the office like literally with like, you know, I mean, he comes into the office as a temp and, you know, his introduction is in pretty much in the pilot where, uh, they're making fun of the fact that Dwight's Dwight's stuff is in Jello, and he's able to make puns on it. And you know, he's also on the phone that day and saying like, "I think they're actually shutting this 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 place down." And then, <laughs> however many seasons later, to us even finding out that he got Jan, Jan, Jan's job, like that whole thing right after she got the boob job, they get back together. I mean, it it, it it's just like. It, it, it's a great arc. And then after the fact him with Kelly and like all that, like their relationship is great, but the way he mistreats her always kind of pissed me off. And, and, and I found it to be a bit like, uh, uh, sh uh shallow as far as like writing is goes. I just, I didn't really so much like that, but I get it. Like that was what you had to do to keep their relationship going. <laughs> Although the, the, what the part where he's talking about going to Thailand and yes. Like, yeah, I think we should break up. Like, no, I just, uh, it's like I'm going to, I'm going to Thailand with uh, me, my friends from high school. Well, from a high school, uh, <laughs> so if we could just have sex one more time. And if there's any extra cash you have on you, 
<laughs> Jesus, what a piece of shit. Oh, oh my God. But his, like, and honestly, Michael and Ryan's relationship was a great one as well, just because it's the, uh, you know, like the, the when he does become the executive and he's got the beard and, uh, oh, we're yeah. not doing the beard anymore. And like when they do the weigh in thing <laughs> and just the, the fact that Michael's looking up to somebody that's 12 years younger than him. Yeah. Oh, no. It's too good. Yeah. And then like the subtle, you know, the, the, the subtle tones of like Michael's got like this infatuation with Ryan or this need to like, like he sees him as Ryan, um, you know, even the episode where he gets Ryan's, uh, number and he's calling him the whole, the, the, the whole episode, um, <laughs> even when he was like, Ryan's across the office and he checks his phone and M- Michael knocks, like pick up, pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he makes him pick it up. <laughs> and when he's uh when he goes when he's what when he's the episode where he eventually goes to New York, but it's the beginning when Ryan comes to do like the uh the meeting and stuff to talk about the website, Dunder Mifflin uh Dunder Mifflin Mifflin Infinity 2.0, and he talks yeah. afterwards and he's like, uh, stop hugging me. And he's like, Oh, I'm so lonely. I need a girlfriend. <laughs> and he goes, uh he goes, uh, hey Ryan, do you have like any uh you know hot single girls in New York that you can hook me up with? And Ryan just goes, no, sorry, man. And and Michael goes, well, you tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little, little, like little lines like that. And, and there's sometimes with this show, like I said, going back to the beginning of this phone, this Skype call, like, like the show never deviated from, from its integrity. Like it, this show is everything it n- nuance. It's like, mm-hmm. there are shows where there's, there are times where I can watch the show and really learn something about it that I that that a joke that I like a joke that I didn't get when I watched it initially like you know what I mean like one of my favorite one of my favorite jokes that was slept on is um uh uh Michael goes when he's when he's going to New York he goes uh New York New York the city's so nice they named it twice (laughs) Manhattan is the other name (laughs) it's like oh it's, it's so good. And well, like, that's what makes it such a rewatchable show. You can find new things in it every time. Absolutely. Like one, you know, one of the best jokes in like three lines is uh, uh, downsizing. Oh, I, I, I have no problem with that. I, I, I've been bringing, I've been bringing up downsizing since I first got here. I even brought it up in my interview. It's, <laughs> oh, it's just so good. Uh, Okay, so we're talking about uh, story arcs. Uh, we already talked about short-term characters, best relationships. Um, I want to save top five characters for the end. So let's go with um, some of the best quotes. I have two uh, off the top of my head. That, that These are my two of my favorite from the entire show. It's where uh, one of them is, is a back and forth where they're talking about religion and they're having the meeting and the IT guy is there. And Michael asks him what really that guy... He goes, well, if you're going to reduce my identity to religion, I'm Sikh. But I also like hip-hop, NPR, and and I'm restoring a 1967 Corvette in my spare time. And Michael just goes, okay, so one Sikh. One Sikh. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Because he just ignores everything else. And then I think one of the best quotes of the entire series is uh, when he calls Holly about uh, the herpes thing, and she's like, 
Michael, you cried at a tagline to a movie you made up. And he just goes, he had no arms or legs. He couldn't hear, see, or speak. This is how he led a nation. <laughs> oh, I want to see that movie. It, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I mean, the quotes that I, I mean, the quotes that are definitely the best, I think, are, in my opinion, are, I mean, Dwight has some of the best quotes in, 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 in all of the, in all of the mockuments, like, you know what I mean? Uh, it, you know, in the wild, there is no healthcare. Healthcare is, oh, ouch, I'm fallen. I'm, I'm, I'm dead. A lion eats me. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, uh what do you, you say? Well, what do you say? I'm, well, I, I, I'm the lion. You're dead. Uh, yeah, he goes, well, I'm not dead. I'm the lion. You're dead. That one's so good. I mean, I love, uh, I mean, Michael's got, Mike, Michael's got, I mean, uh, let's see. He goes, um, he, uh, one of the, uh, he goes, yeah, you don't, you don't, you, you, uh, you don't call retarded people retards. It's bad taste. You, you, you call your friends retards when they're being retarded. <laughs> um, there's this others, you know, there's, there's tons of quotes like where people like people even have them in like their their Twitter bios where, you know, like, you know, I'm not I'm not superstitious, but 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 I am a little stitious. There's 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 things that uh, uh, there's there's other ones, too, like when when Michael puts the Wayne Gret the Wayne Gretzky quote on the board and then quotes Wayne Gretzky's quote. <laughs> I mean that that one's that one's so good. Like I love uh, when uh, when they get locked out of the office and uh, Pam is like, "We have a we have a spare key and an emergency spare key." Dwight has both of them, and I said, "Well, Dwight, what happens if you die?" And he responded, "If I'm dead, you've been dead for weeks. You guys have been dead for weeks." <laughs> 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 oh, why? So, yeah, I, I also superior brain power. I can raise and lower my cholesterol. <laughs> why would you want to raise your cholesterol so I can lower it? Um, so good. Yeah. Uh, the other one, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, j like j uh, when he's when he's getting frustrated with with uh, conspiring for Ryan to fire Jim and he goes, I could have grown mushrooms that are this high by now. They're mushrooms. <laughs> they, don't, they, they don't get very high. <laughs> um, uh, one of, I think yeah. one of the characters he's going to end up in both of our top fives um, that has some of the best just they're the jokes you can miss uh, and and they're the jokes that just some of the best one-liners of the whole show is Creed Creed, Creed baby the most underrated character on the show uh, yeah. I was re-watching uh, the episode where they where Toby comes back and they plant the drugs on him, and then the cops come in, and then all of a sudden you see Creed's face, and then it's just him doing the interview thing. He's like, just act like we're talking until the cops <laughs> Oh yeah. Or or the or the when they're when they're playing the games or whatever, he comes yes. back and Mike and Michael goes, Sir, that has been a murder, and you are a suspect. And he goes, Okay, cool. I'm gonna settle in and go get in my car. And then he fucking runs out. <laughs> oh, dude. Creed the, is yeah, the best character that's not in my top five. He is he is he, I mean he is in my top five, but the best that's not one of the OGs, he is my favorite. The, the um uh, the whole there's a uh there's only been one man that's ever crossed Creed Bratton. His name, Creed Bratton. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, no, I was going to say the part where, uh, what am I like? It, this is like so slept on. It's just so random and so good is when they're trying to go to birthday lunch. Michael is trying to go to birthday lunch with uh, with uh, Pam's mom and Jim and he invites Jim and Pam, but Pam's trying to get out of it. So what happens is, is right as they're about about to leave, Pam uh, uh, it picks, it fakes a phone call and she's like, what? Oh, no, I'm sorry, guys. I have to take this. Uh, uh, there's been an issue with the paper or whatever. And then Jim goes, really? Let me take care of it. And then he he, t- he takes the, the call and he goes, what? Well, that's great. And he goes, looks like the paper was there all along. And then Creed goes, oh, thank God. And then it cuts to him in the mocking and he's like, something's up. That paper was never supposed to <laughs> Like what? <laughs> oh my god, he's the one guy's like from the show. So like I, I would be more starstruck meeting Creed than I think I even would meeting Carell or uh, Krasinski yeah. or anybody because he's just so fucking good. Every uh, scene he does, like uh, every every other character, you could point to maybe uh, a scene where they aren't at at like at, at their best. Or it's not their yeah. best moment, or whatever. Creed bats a thousand every time oh. he's on camera. Every time he says anything, it's perfect. It really is when he's like, when he's like, I open up a Word document on 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 on, on Creed's uh, uh, <laughs> browser. Yeah, I opened up a Word document on Creed's computer, even for the internet. It's www.creedthoughtsbackslashcreedthoughts.com. Check it out. Uh, yeah, and then he's like, when he's like, uh, when he talks about how he follows, uh, what does he say? He follows, he follows uh, Ryan on Twitter or whatever, and he's like, every everywhere I look, it's Betty White this and Betty White that. Finally, someone so, so, someone who doesn't mention Betty White. Of course, I follow him. <laughs> God, he's such a good character. Uh, speaking of which, let's get to because uh, I know uh, I've appreciated the time you give me now. Let's let's finish up with uh, top five characters. Okay, so number five, which, I, like I said, all of these guys are tied. Like, I can't – to even say top five is just ridiculous. I just can't. Creed is Creed is up there. Uh, we just talked about him. Um, Jim is – you know, it's almost like I categorize this not as favorite characters but, like, favorite relationships because it's that's sometimes just what makes these characters tick. So Jim and Dwight are both um, – they're just so good. I told you Pam was my, 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 my number two. Um, not just because it, it's not just because the, the character of Pam, like, yes, it's a, it, it's kind of a very plain character, but, but it, the way Jenna plays it is just so good. It, she's she is one of my favorite actors because of what she does and the, the, the vulnerability she's not afraid to play Pam with is just so good. And then, you know, Michael Scott is uh, probably number one for me just because um, I, I, I think, like I said, like a lot of people get very repelled by him as a, as a, as a, as a character because they could see him um, as a disruption to the show. Like, I think, I think a lot of people, when they first watch the show, they're just like, Oh, he's so annoying. Like, like he's just annoying. He's disrupting everything. Like the office would be fine, but there's this that keeps getting in the way. And it's like, yeah, but that's part of what makes it a sitcom. It has to work that way. There, there has to be some character that brings in dysfunction. Otherwise it just, it can never work. Um, and 
the the way that he is able to play um, the heart with it. There's just some certain um, sensibilities that Steve is able to play that really re- resonate with me as well. Like I I, I I'm cer- as an adult, I'm certainly not the way Michael Scott is, but there are things that he does where it's just like, oh, I could see myself vying for attention in that way, or I could see myself. Uh, uh, being, you know, completely and and uh, blindly ignorant to a situation, or, or you know, it, um, but it's just it's 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 his just it's his it's his uh, it's he's so insecure because he's just deeply um, uh, conflict. He's he he just wants to be needed, you know. That's mm-hmm. even that's why in the pilot in the pilot, you know, the world's best boss cup was one he bought himself, you know. It, <laughs> It's it, it it speaks to it speaks it, it only like in like I said in season two afterwards where they really start to put some heart behind Michael Scott that's when I really just start to um, uh, resonate with him but like I said Dwight and Jim Creed Pam they're all up there for me. <clears throat> uh, well, actually, let's finish on this. So, what what does this show overall mean to you? And uh, kind of like. How, how, just what, what is this whole, the whole series? Cause I think it's one of those very, very special shows. It's not like a Friends or a Seinfeld. It's timeless. I mean, there's generations yep. now that are coming to find this show and love it. And for me, yep. it's like if I'm ever in a bad mood or if I'm ever feeling, uh, you know, depressed or anything, it's a show that can just, if not bring me out of it, distract me from it for a little bit. So what does this show overall meant to you? 100%. Um, when people ask me my, 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 my favorite comedian, I say the office every time because <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird answer, but it's truly the way, uh, that I feel like, I don't know if it's because of maybe what, what, what we do or because, uh, we've, we have so been trained to just analyze humor rather than enjoying it. Uh, but that for me, it, 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 you know, when I watch stand up, I feel like I lock into that mode. But when I watch this show, I, I become just such an audience member. And, um, you know, I, there's been many panic attacks that this show has gotten me through many times where I felt, uh, like there's, I've gotten breakups with this show. Uh, and there's, Things that are that are nuggets that are about the actors in the show uh, uh, that get me through it even more. You know, like knowing that uh, knowing that Jim, the, knowing that John Krasinski was originally brought in to read for Dwight, and then he ended up getting the sides for Jim like that day, and then he ended up uh, uh, right before his audition. Um, talking to Greg Daniels, who's 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 the executive producer, and inadvertently insulting the American version, he said something like, "You know, I just hope that these guys don't screw this up. Uh, you know, because the British one's so good." And uh, Greg Daniels then introduced himself. He's like, "Hey, I'm the guy you're going to be auditioning for." And then knowing that that was the thing that like broke the ice and in 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 the audition, like. Like that's just such a for me as a, as an actor and a stand up like that's just so this is such a cool story. It just it just came to be one of those things that uh, you know I love. There's there's things that are in, that are so inspiring about the show as well. Like the fact that Steve Carell 
Um, he's, I mean, he's one of my favorite actors and he didn't get the success he got until he was well late into his forties. I mean, he, you know, that's, 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 that's inspiring knowing that he has done, um, uh, comedy and acting and improv for decades before he got really the credit that, that, that he deserved. And that's not, that's not as to say there's a safety net for anyone's success, but it's just, there's really no excuse either other than coronavirus. That's a good excuse right now, <laughs> but that, and then, um, uh, you know, knowing that he, 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 little, little like nuggets of that also knowing like that Carol, the actress who plays Carol is Steve's actual wife. wife. Um, you know, the whole when process. Chris, yeah. You, you when, was. when Krasinski got the part of Jim, he asked if Jenna Fisher got the part of Pam and vice versa yeah. and vice versa. Just that kind of chemistry came through that show. And, 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 and even if you see the auditions, uh, for the original auditions for, for, for some of these roles, like who had auditioned for, uh, you know, Seth Rogen as, 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 uh, as Dwight and, um, uh, Rain Wilson auditioned for Michael. Yeah. Rain Wilson for Michael. They had had, uh, um, they had had, uh, a Bob Odenkirk for, for, for yeah. Michael as well. Uh, and it's actually put all Giamatti and Martin Short as well. And Hank Azaria. It's yeah, exactly. Just all these different, like way different reads. But the fact that there are so many writers who got written into the show, knowing that Phyllis was the casting director or the casting director's assistant, but because she read so well, um, uh, that uh, uh, Allison Jones ended up casting her in 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 the show as well. Like knowing that Kelly and BJ and uh, 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 Paul Liberstein, like they're all writers on the show as well. Like. It's just, I mean, they, they, they created virtually an empire and one that, like you said, is, is, is timeless. So yeah, I think the, my, my, that was my long answer, but my short answer is what it means to me is that, uh, when people ask my favorite comedian, that's, that's, that's the show that I say. So. Drew, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. This was so much fun, buddy. Um, thank you. Bud. I, hope, I hope to have you back on again. And as always, if you didn't think this podcast was funny, remember Comedy is subjective. Oh,